OTB GAA. You know, Offaly had won by a last minute goal. So my inspirational speech actually backfired on me. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Football on Off the Ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you 3 to 5 this evening. This is Football Saturday. Remember, Football and Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Get all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. You can listen across the country on News Talk. Watch us on the digital and social channels for YouTube, for Facebook, for Twitter as well, and uh, wherever you can also check out the OTB Sports app. We're joined in studio by the former League of Ireland and FAI Cups winner, Graham Gartland, and the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward. Also, we'll be joined shortly on the line from Frankfurt by the Irish Independence football correspondent Dan McDonnell ahead of the draw for European Championship 2024 which takes place tomorrow morning and the Republic of Ireland are in the hat. Uh, we have goals going into the Premier League. The match is beginning to start in the second half. Bournemouth and Leicester won. Pats and Daka on the mark for the Foxes. Uh, Chelsea won Wolves nil. Kai Havertz. Man City 2. Southampton nil. Joao Cancelo and Phil Foden. No Haaland goal yet. And Newcastle 2, Brentford nil. We have Bruno Guimaraes and Jacob Murphy. In the Championship, we also have goals going in there. Wigan nil, Cardiff 1. West Brom nil, Luton nil as a half-time. Swansea 2, Sunderland nil. It is Stoke 2, Sheffield United 1. Norwich 1, Preston 1. Millwall 1, Middlesbrough nil. It is Coventry nil, Burnley 1. It is Blackpool 1, Watford 1. Blackburn Rovers 1, Rotherham nil. Birmingham City 2, Bristol City nil. In Scotland, Celtic Beach, St Johnston 2-1. Earlier, Rangers lead St Mirren 2 nil. It is Hibs nil, Motherwell nil. And Livingston nil, Ross County nil. Johnny, I don't think you were impressed by Shamrock Rovers' um, performance in Norway during the week. God, I was hoping this would be later on in the show. Um, Just want to maybe get some reaction from the listeners if, um, if you have a strong view on it. I was, I mean... Everything that uh, Shamrock Rovers stand for in terms of um, their progression in the game, the way they play football, um, Graham is involved in their under-14s, um, probably one of the best underage teams to, at that level to ever play in Ireland, you would say, under-14 Europe? I wouldn't say to ever play in Ireland, but the, the, cause you, I the levels you're at now, like? Ah, some of them are fantastic. So anyway, yeah. and I, I, you know, I've been waiting to see the Shamrock Rovers team uh, go into Europe, uh, into group stages, into a group that um, I think gave them a chance to pick up points. They got a point against your gardens in their first game. Um, and I think back, you know, watching League of Ireland teams in Europe, JD, is genu- genuinely one of my favourite uh, sporting occasions. Like, I, I love watching League of Ireland teams um, pit their uh, talents against superior resource, superior teams in Europe. And... What Stephen Kenny did in 2016, I think, pretty much got him the Ireland job to see Dundalk uh, go toe-to-toe with teams that were better than them and be lost no game in that group in 2016 by more than a goal, um, were competitive in every game and banged there in terms of p- potential qualification right into the last game in Israel. Subsequently, Dundalk got into the group stages in, in a sort of a forgettable, uh, to an extent, behind closed doors um, group stages because it, was, uh, it wasn't the same Dundalk, there were problems off the pitch. In six games they managed to score eight goals, even though they were a bit of a mess at the time. Um, Jordan Flores got an amazing goal um, against Arsenal, he got another amazing goal against Molda, who were obviously Shamrock Rovers' opposition, and as much as Dundalk were a mess, they, they, they put up a fight. Um, and to see the Shamrock Rovers' performance uh, on Thursday night uh, was 
utterly depressing for me to see a team of that of that talent. Is that that's because they need to win the league and they're just a bit under, looking so, over their shoulder, Derry so, now? So you, you you absolutely. So you can say Stephen Bradley and his coaching staff. Um, and I, I was watching his body language in the she- in the Shelburne game because they play Shelburne tomorrow, which unfortunately clashes with the Liverpool Arsenal game. So I would uh, definitely implore people to watch this. I think it'll be fascinating. Damien Duff is going to have a say in the title race. I saw them against Shelburne in Tolka recently, and I couldn't get over how bad Shamrock Rovers were. It was as bad as I've seen them in years. Uh, they were so off it, and they looked tired. And I think Stephen Bradley and his coaching staff basically. Um, took the view that they can't compete on the two fronts that are left. Um, they can't do it. So he almost, without conceding the tie on Thursday, um, he rested key players. He, he, he prioritised winning Sunday. the title, is, is possibly the argument you're trying to make. He prioritised winning the title. And if you view that in the pragmatic sense of, um, you know, what, what is the chance of Shamrock Rovers getting out of this group with one point from two games, having been battered by Ghent in, in, in week two? Probably not that high. But I just can't for the life of me think that Stephen Kenny uh, in that Dundalk team or, or almost any manager now are, would, would accept that you would produce performance like that on Thursday. And like... You know, playing Emako up front was obviously a gamble because his hold-up ability for me hasn't been there. Um, so you, you lost Gaffney, but not, they didn't have Jack Byrne, they didn't have Graham Burke. But this this goes to the level of, and I, I spoke to journalists who um, would have been on that trip, and you have to sell the idea of going to away games now. You know, like press the press uh, isn't what it was, and peop, you know papers are trying to cut down on money. You can't guarantee that um, journalists will even be allowed to go to these games anymore if you're going to go to a game that was was dead after like 20 minutes, and it was horrible to watch. Like as a League of Ireland fan, I love seeing Shamrock Rovers go go towards against your gardens play some nice football that performance on Thursday in terms of like the the Malden manager before the game was talking up Shamrock Rovers Irish football was a bit of a laughing stock on Thursday night with that performance I thought and I was I was very very disappointed and I can see why Shamrock Rovers are prioritising the league they have a big big battle on their hands I think at the moment Derry City might even be a better team than them toe to toe but I, I really was it was demoralising to watch that on Thursday Dan McDonald, the Irish Independent uh, is in Frankfurt Dan how are you? Hi lads, how are things? Good. So you were in Malda, uh, Dan. I don't know if you heard what Johnny said there. Yeah, no, I did, um, and I sort of ah look, like you have to, like you have to sort of strip the emotion from the debate to some degree, you know, in the sense that like I heard Adrian and I think Shane maybe talking about yesterday, and you know, would they not go for the you know the financial incentives that that come with potentially getting a result but the, the problem is the bigger financial equation for rovers is you know their business plan is about getting into europe every year getting into the group stages sorry of europe every year which is sort of worth three million quid in fact they've got upwards of four million this year and the only way they can get that money is uh through winning the league realistically so the 166 grand for a draw versus potentially three four million next year you know that's that's the the, the equation that we're, we're talking about here, but it is a little bit deflating, you know, as someone who went over to the game and you, you sort of build it up. Um, and as much as you understand the decision, you look at the team sheet before the game and you're just like, oh, what, what is, what's happening here? Like, this is, like, this is, this can't be it. And, and I understand the reasons and I completely get the reasons. And I think you have to walk a mile in someone's shoes, you know, if, if Shamrock Rovers performed well in their European group stage games, but, but didn't win, and they might never have beaten Molde away or got a draw against Molde away. It could be the toughest game in the group. 
and but then they go on like they, they give it a go on Thursday, lose bravely two one and lose the league. The season's probably remembered as a as a failure, you know, or, or you know whatever. Like in in that sort of context, you know, come January. So I get it, but there is a little bit of you're selling these games. You say, you know, when Shamrock Rovers qualify for the group stages, you say this is the dream. You know, you hear players saying we've always wanted to play group stage football, and then you're watching a group stage match that's just a complete non-event. Like it's a, it's it was like you know I would have been talking to say the older journalists over there, and the thing about group stages is there's a sort of a certain respect for a team that's got this far, and it's a sense of well, you know. What are you expecting from the the Irish team? And you're talking about some of the better players, and you know maybe they'll be competitive in this match. And, and then after 10, 15 minutes in the stadium, particularly in the stadium, you could almost feel this vibe of, well, this is going to be absolutely fine here. You know, this is going to be absolutely fine. And there was that sort of mild sense of embarrassment over how routine it was. Now, Molda officials understand. You know, you understand you want to try and win your domestic league first and foremost, but. Like I, I've had a bit of a bugbear. Like I hate the fact that these Shamrock Rovers games clash with these Manchester United ones, you know. And you're always saying, "Why Irish club?" And, well, there's an well, there's an Irish club in, in group stage competition, and you're saying this should be like front and center. Like this should be in the you know the, to the foremost in the news agenda. Like in you know these these Europa League games don't matter much to Manchester United in the greater scheme of things. And then like you might turn on the radio or newspapers or wherever and. The United game is getting greater coverage. Is that not like, just no, because they got more fans, though? No, no, I know that, John. But like, this is like we, we still live in Ireland, you know. And this is the whole point I would make is that you know I completely understand that argument. I'm I'm coming back to disagree with myself here to some degree. Sorry, right. like I, you know, I would I would make the point that you know I, I understand that argument in the context of if we're talking about a League of Ireland game. You know, between two League of Ireland clubs, but when you have an Irish team like your champions representing, you know, your country technically in this at the same level of competition you know i know the conference league is then from the europa league there is an element of you know you could have you could you know if you had an irish tennis player going well in a major but like more people preferred you know to watch federer or nadal or whatever you'd still be saying no you have to support this irish player but yet if that irish person was in there and they actually were saying this isn't that important to us it's slightly harder um to 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 get on your high horse about it if you know what i mean if if it's a distraction to them, then how can you look to distract everyone else with this story? That's, that's yeah, I get, I get that, it that, now. Yeah, I guess that's what you're that, saying. That's 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 basically my 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 problem. And like the talk in 2016, you remember John? Like you know, Stephen Kenny was the sports manager of the year. Like their games were actually head to head with Manchester United games at the time, but there was a huge buzz around it in dark games, a huge discussion around it in dark games because they were competitive. They were a part of the group, and you could see that for their players, like it meant everything. It meant the world. Yes, like Shamrock Rovers have taken a business decision from their perspective that if they can get into the Conference League again and again and again, then eventually they'll have the money in the bank, they'll have the funds to be more competitive, to be able to compete. So it's a little bit of a project. It's a step in the road and there's an element of grinning and bearing it. But it was hard to grin and bear it on Thursday. That's what I would say. Okay, Graeme, you've got the Shamrock Rovers hat on here. Yeah, but it's not Stevens Bradley... Bradley's prerogative to to look after anything else than Shamrock Rovers, and that and again, that's the project, and it, and he has to stick to the plan of the project. And and like you said, I think Dan had an article about it being pragmatic over romantic, and that's what it has to be sometimes. And that's the that's the unfortunate side of football sometimes that you can't go out all out and make sure that you 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 prioritise one thing over the other. Where 
the league is the most important thing for Shamrock Rovers at this point in time. Is this because, though, there's a gap between the Champions League qualification and then there's no Europa League middle? Is that right, Dan? Well, no, there, there, well, no, there is. Like they, they went into the Europa League yeah. after losing to... No, but no, no, for the, the, Champions, the, the Champions route is massive, JD. But Absolutely. But for the second team, doesn't yeah. get into yeah. the Europa League. And that's that's the gap. And that's why Rovers have to get this, with this league win. Yeah. And and, yeah. and, and Dan, like, Dan Dan made this point with me. When, when, when Ro- and I'm sorry to interject. I know you're talking, Graham, and I'll be very brief here. But when, when Rovers played Derry on the back of, was it the Ghent game? Yeah. They went to Derry. They were so poor on the Sunday. And Dan was like, was I was arguing about the the fact that Derry were overwhelming favourites to win that game because there's a lot of respect for Derry. But Dan came back to me and said, this is entirely to do with the fact that they played on Thursday night. I think they were bruised from that. And they're like, we can put up a performance like we did in Derry because if we draw that game tomorrow, Derry kind of have the league almost in their hands. And, and Shelburne are playing very well. It's definitely a potential banana skin. But where's your pride? I mean, where's yeah, your what, pro- where's but, the pride in the prom? And the no. thurs- Thursday night was just I don't know I don't know how that benefits any of the eleven players who played because it was so demoralising. Yeah, but but again, but what about the opposition? It, this is so, they were good. They were good. Right, take it back. Right, so you strip it right back here and, and let's like understand a few things with it. The your gardens game. Nobody said, oh well, Stephen Bradley changed his team. He played Idemo in that game and he played Ferrazoy in that game. Um, as well, everybody said it's great that he put the young players in. Ferrazoy uh, was brilliant in the game. Everybody, I don't think Idemo started. Oh, sorry, I'm not sure. Idemo no, didn't, no, didn't start. No, Ferrazoy started. Ferris and everybody Ferris said he was excellent. And the story became about him playing. It was an ill-all draw. With a half an hour to go, he empties the bench and puts on Gaffney. Um, I think Jack Bourne comes on in midfield. Okay. Then what happens is it's a really exciting game. He tried to do that again at the weekend. And if you listen to his comments after the game, what Stephen Bradley said was. This, the goal just after halftime kills it because it changes what he was trying to do. So he's obviously trying to be pragmatic and be a bit more defensive. So after he lose 3-0 against Ghent away, I'm, I think I think Brian Kerr was doing a Virgin Media with myself and he was saying that they need to be a bit more pragmatic in mm. how they defend. They need to suffer in games. So Stephen, obviously, he's decided with his staff, I'm not saying off the back of what Brian Kerr said, Stephen Bradley's decided with his staff that we're going to be a bit more pragmatic. He played a, a five with a flat four maybe in midfield and stopped the the supply from wide areas which meant he gave up crosses he probably didn't defend the crosses the way he would have liked especially in the first 15 minutes and then he'd he come into the game but he's hoping to get that to 1-0 mm. with 30 minutes to go and then that, that changes when they give away the goals so he has an idea in his head but obviously the game's ever evolving but this can't he can't go on and build in Europe for next season and the year after if they're not in that stage of the European competition yeah. but it's not his prerogative to go it's not his it's not Stephen Bradley's job to put the pride of Irish football on his back. That's up. To, like he, they've won the league two years in a row. They're, they're on course to win the league um, again. That's his prerogative. What he does with his football. Well, I, I think I think Graham. Like I, I've so much time for Stephen Bradley, and uh, the way he's spoken about Irish football in terms of uh, the ch- you know teams doing well in Europe. He's he's an incredibly good backer of the game here, um, and I I would. I would look at the players a bit. Like I just thought you were better than that. I thought you were better than this. Was an absolute hiding. It was. It was shamefully bad to watch from an Irish perspective. And like Amaku, I, I wouldn't have played him up front. But even the players that he played, he still had good players. And it was just like the, the body language. It was like they were beaten from the get go. And it was. I, I was just watching this. It was like I, I had so high expectations for this group stage. And it looks like an afterthought after three games. 
Uh, I think the back-to-back away games is probably, like you said, going away to Ghent and then going away to... this was And Stevens come out and said this was going to be the toughest game. Mm. And and the fact that... He was that, probably right. But also the fact that Molde have lost 3-2 to your gardens as well mm. has made the game a little bit um, more of a must-win for them. So you could see that and how they approached the game. Um, like I said to you, Rovers went away. And listen, I've been in European teams where you, you just let other teams have the ball and you try and stay in the game. That's that's alien to probably Rovers and and this particular team. And it was difficult for them because they're used to dominating the ball in, in, in the home games. And they'll do to teams what Mould had done to them and that... The similar system, the both the wing backs go high, their, their inside rights and their inside left then go high, the front men pin you back and they're able to, to dominate the ball and that that's what Mould had done and like in fairness, he's up against they're up against the top notch team with a budget that's ridiculously high. But again it's a learning curve for the players and it's a learning curve for everybody involved that but it has to be built over time that it makes a big impact. Like, like I know sometimes can... your expectations are too high. Like, Correct. Yeah, sometimes, and it, it, it is almost like we were coloured a bit by that Dundalk 2016, and that yeah. that was such a, a black kind of swan event. Like, like Rovers got to the group stages as well before and they did, and they, 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 they lost every game. They, they lost every game. Exactly. But, but Rovers, the one thing I would say, and I've been slagged a lot about this, saying that I think this is as good a League of Ireland champions as I've seen when Rovers are at their best. In, in away games in Europe against better opposition, they've gotten Haydn after Haydn after Haydn. And regardless of what you say about who, what team they picked, they have that mark against them where they just haven't been anywhere near the standard required. And it is a project, but that's where they're at at the moment. Regardless of what team they played, what tactics, whether they tried to pass the ball out from the back or whether they basically played a team with Sunday in mind, they've gotten a series of Haydn's away from home. And that's the reality of it. Did you add yeah, anything? Go on. So, so I was gonna, yeah, one last thing. I think... Like the European football, like it is just it exposes every flaw you have for an Irish club too. And like I would make this point, and I've said this, like I think an Irish club to succeed in Europe, like people don't realise like how good they have to be. Like, mm. you know, Molda's budget I think is like four times the budget of Shamrock Rovers. Like you have to be absolutely one hundred percent at your peak to challenge them. And what's been proven this year like is that if you go in a team that isn't your peak team like you just you just can't do it you know they, i understand what they tried to do completely on thursday i get it they tried to hang in there for an hour Stephen bradley said it and then maybe spring the subs but obviously there's an, an inherent gamble in that and that there's no way at the start of the year if you sat down with Stephen bradley and, and his staff and said you're playing Mulder away tomorrow um you're not going to start jack Byrne, dylan watts graham burke and rory gaffney they would have said what you know but then real life problems have created that situation but it's not like anyway, they played them they played them this thursday coming in molde um sorry in dublin they have two home games i'd imagine you'll see a different approach i hope you do because like these are special moments in the lives of the players too you can't imagine it's going to come every year you don't want it to pass you by either you know and that's like I understand there's a little bit of emotion coming into the thought where like you know the dog gave it everything in 2016 right absolutely everything they were brilliant like they were they won the league 120 minutes of the cup final three days after being in Russia like amazing but they were they were completely gone at the game the first couple of months in 2017 it really took it out of them many points they did win by in 2016 you know, they, they, they did have a title race in 2016 Graham they, they had they the game did. against Cork and it's the last title race I think we've had until maybe this year you know where they had the game against Cork quite late in the day where Daryl Horgan scored twice 
Um, and it was a bit like this year. You always felt they'd be fine in the same way you always feel Rovers would be fine. But it wasn't done. Like they, they had a smaller squad. And I remember doing games at Longford on a Monday, three days before they played Zena on the Thursday at home. And they would have had a strong team out. But as I said, it caught up on that team. They had a lot of bumps and bruises and it caught up with them in 2017. But I suppose they'll have the memories of 2016 forever. You know, it's 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 a it's a it's a tough one. Like I appreciate Rovers go Rovers go to Sligo and they're excellent. Like they're excellent yeah. against Sligo in a game that you think they're going to slip up. They go and beat Sligo three one comfortably. They, 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 but but, but, but I think the point is, is sorry, sorry, yeah, Johnny. Sorry. Can I just say, you know, they were excellent last week. The point I was going to make though, like I think Rovers next year, they probably know they need better players in areas of their squad mm. as well too. You know, and they 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 lack certain things. I think in attacking departments in Europe, if you're going to counter attack against teams, you know what I mean. I think they, they, the profile of their squad probably needs a refreshing in certain departments, and I'm sure they, I'm sure they know that too, and I'm sure that will probably happen in the off season. Graham can't say too much, but I'm sure there'll be. I'd imagine there'll be some interesting developments there in the off. To be honest with too. you, I don't, I don't have, um, I don't discuss that with Stephen or his staff yeah. about Ant and got to do with the first team. It's none of my business. The, 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 the yeah. struggle, the struggle is real in the sense of their league. Situation, JD. They are in serious danger of not winning the league because well, if they win, if, they win if, on Sunday, they're back to five if, points. If if they don't win tomorrow against Shells, and and Shells at the moment are playing like a team that like they're just loving life, they're scoring goals, and they're, they they they're conceding were, goals as well. They're, they're conceding goals, but they were well worth their point when they clashed like two weeks ago in Talca, right? They'll go to that game tomorrow. It's live on TV. Damien Duff's in the you know it's the Damien Duff thing. They're really playing for him, and they will fancy their chance there. And it's there's a real chance. The, the Rovers don't win that game tomorrow and if they don't win that game tomorrow personally I would fancy Derry to beat them at the moment the way Rovers and Derry are playing I still have Rovers as favourites but they're strong favourites tomorrow if they don't win tomorrow there's a chance you're going to lose every game you go into but I, I still think they're favourites to win the game they're totally favourites to win the game but there's a chance they don't and if they don't win tomorrow Derry will fancy their chance so I can see the, prag the pragmatism of it but it was demoralising to watch well here's a question for you right do you feel that there's Haaland scored 4-0 Man City against Southampton 15 Premier League goals this just season. after Bazuna had this amazing moment yeah. of robbing him in the box he's, he's scored a carbon copy of the goal he got in the second half against Man United well, here's a question for you from a player's point of view then going into tomorrow the players know that Stephen obviously moved and, he's, and he, in fairness to Stephen probably first time he said it he changed the team with the game in mind on Sunday so the players know that he's changed the team yeah. for this to win the game on Sunday so the players feel that expectation that they have to perform on Sunday so it's given the players that extra. Now we need to make sure we. He's made a decision on Thursday to benefit this football club, and it's on up. To, it's on us now to perform. It's, so it's, I think it's, it's given the players an extra incentive to make sure you go out yeah, and perform yeah. against Shells and beat them. It's, okay. a, it's a shame, JD. Sorry, very. It's a shame it clashes with this game because you've Joey O'Brien and Damien Duff, both ex-Rovers in the dugout. Um, it was it was fairly feisty when they played in Talca. Shelburne are, are playing good football at the moment. This is going to be a cracker. There's so much riding on it, and uh, please, please watch it. Uh, you know if you can, because I think even watch the the end of it if you've watched the Liverpool game. Football on off the ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports.